so the fake orgasms, we've talked about this, and it's actually, I think it's more women that don't yeah. have orgasms than women that do. I honestly believe yeah. that. Even women that ha can have orgasms still time and time fake it. And I find it funny, like the men are la who laugh at him. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you know I think every man, I think every man has had at least one woman fake an orgasm with them. At like, least. I just think yeah. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. At least. Yeah. So it's I know. Common. I yeah. Yeah, I think it's such a common thing. Hey, everybody coming in. Go ahead, Jay, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think it's such a common thing, but um, like anything else, I feel like sometimes, and this is a general statement, it doesn't apply to everyone, but I do believe that, you know how like there's this thing where they say men find it hard to talk to some women because they say that sometimes we could, um, you know, be a little emotional and stuff. Well, the flip side of that, I, I do believe that there are certain topic topics that are very um, bruising to the ego for some males. And one of them being like, you know, sex and stuff like that. So the whole thing about what do you mean I'm not um, like uh, giving her an orgasm, that's just... She never said I didn't give her an orgasm, orgasm, or at least I've heard that I have. So therefore, you take that as an indication that you have. And I mean, what else are you supposed to do, right? You you believe what you see um, or hear in that case. Or yeah. So um, so I don't really fault the guys for believing that if they've heard it or seen it, but. Um, but I do need you know a lot of men to understand that in in some cases. Um, it it may have happened to you uh, in past situations, so it's possible for the best of you. And it's not may. It is I think all men have had a woman, no matter how good they are in bed, a woman has faked an orgasm with them. Like, and it could be for different reasons. One, yeah. you're not doing it right. So Two, maybe she just. Yeah, exactly. That that's actually the only time I've I'll have faked it when I was like I just wanted to be over but because I don't believe in participation trophies because I won't like if, if I don't have it I just don't have it I'm not giving you a participation trophy but if I wanted to be over with then that's when I would do it <laughs> so I'm one of those women again for everyone that hasn't seen um, a previous episode of ours I have actually faked plenty because I did not have a, like... Because you didn't know real... who you were them? Is that what it is? Or you're just like, you said, well, it over with? I said, is it because... No, no, no. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even that. I just think, I don't know. I think I'm such a pleaser. So I was so into pleasing them that I wasn't trying to please myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's over with. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was about to say, any ex of mine, like... I say about a good twenty five to the age of yeah. Faked it. Yeah. yeah. And we're so good at it and they never know. They really think they could know too. Yeah. Okay, so we have a comment. It really doesn't matter as long as she's okay and if she wants me to do better, then I have to work on it. Yeah, and that's why I don't do participation trophies because I 
I know exactly what I like. Mm -hmm. And if a woman knows exactly what she likes, you should be able to just tell the man, like, this is how I want it. And if you don't do it, then I'm not going to reward you with the performance, you know, but um, yeah, I think that. And then some women, like a guy can be doing a great job, but maybe he's just not doing what What she needs or maybe exactly or some women just can't have orgasms very yeah. easily yeah so mm-hmm. that's yeah very easily or know their body yet too mm-hmm. yeah knowing your body that's why sometimes it's good to kind of explore and like know mm-hmm. what you know their spots are and everything so yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's what i mean i didn't see anything wrong with what she said i thought that it was very honest um, for all the women that were complaining about it and having comments, you are alive. You have been there before. You have faked it at some point in your life. Um, I actually commend her honestly because I think that, like you said, it is a bruise to the ego. But big ups on him for being able to sit there, listen to his wife say that, take that. And then I'm pretty sure that took their relationship and their sex life to a whole nother level because once you bruise your ego, it's like, oh, I'm about to give you the best that I got. <laughs> so someone says um, a man doesn't want to have to be told, at least not verbally. So you mean a man doesn't want to have to be told what to do or a man doesn't want to be told that he's not giving her an orgasm? And then we have a comment. I was raised by five older sisters and I was always being taught always being taught, be told if necessary. And there's nothing wrong with that because we come from Queens. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. And again, okay, we, we got the re- weird face. <laughs> right. What's that Wallace? I mean, because it's like, if, if she doesn't tell you, then how are you going to know? Right. What do you mean? So what to, so you don't, you don't want a woman to tell you what to do. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, ordering them around, but, like, this is what I like. A man should be open to hearing that, or your woman's going to be faking orgasms, I guess. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody's G-spot is different, right? You, you, I mean, you know, just to get a little more technical. So some people's um, angles are different. So you have to, yeah. you have to understand the partner you're with. Um, I understand for some people, they, they may think for those that think, okay, it's a chemistry thing or it's a vibe thing or, you know, we're really into each other. It's a it's mental just, too. Yeah. yeah it's very it's mental. mental too, mm-hmm. but, it is definitely mental. Yeah. So, but you feel like you should know. No, you don't just feel like you should know. You can't just assume you know. Not with a woman. See, because what works for one woman will not work for the next. Right now, Wallace, because you think that you should go. You do <laughs> not. Every woman's body is totally different. There's no way to know. But okay, I think that you're spot on when you said it's mental, especially for women. I think that it really is. Like you have to go to that place, and I think that's why I enjoy the lights being down, so I can kind of like zone off and get into my zen. And then I'll have like that ugly face. Like I don't want you looking at me going into my mental space. So uh-huh. yeah, that's so true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. And it also plays into some women when it's mental, like, how did you treat her throughout the day? Because if there's a 
there's a little <laughs> hint of an attitude. It might a little be it might be harder to get into the mind space of doing that. So um, oh, so you're gonna send out a survey? <laughs> I'm telling you, we you need to listen to us. We are right. We are women. Like w women, you don't just know. You you can go through merchants. Like I said, we are so good at faking it. Like we can do a whole performance, and a man would not know. I'm telling you that. Yeah. yeah so true. <laughs> But another thing that she said in that interview that I found interesting, I want to get you guys' perspective. So she said, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but something along the lines that she felt that with um, Envy cheating, that that actually brought them closer together. It helped their relationship, in a sense. So it's interesting you said that because I was going to my the next uh, topic I wanted to touch on was timing. So. Uh, what was it, 10 or 11 years into the marriage is is mm -hmm. when um, yeah. she mentioned it. And it sounds as if um, she felt comfortable to do so when she thought she, I hope I'm using this term correctly, had the upper hand. Um, and what I mean by that is, why did you wait 10 or 11 years um, to mention it? Is it because you didn't think your husband could, your his ego could handle it? And now that he felt, um, was it a re not a retaliation? No, she was being she was being mean. She was mad at him. Right, but with with yeah, I, and I, and I and I kind of know that. I guess I'm just unpacking it. So, what made you so comfortable? Yeah, you're being mean, but it's obviously the truth, right? So you just felt you couldn't talk to him about this before. Why? Because is that you him believing that he was pleasing you sexually um you didn't want to bruise his ego so he won't go out there and cheat on you but now that you realize he was cheating anyway now you can be honest and upfront like i'm just trying to understand the psychology of why you didn't think you could talk to your husband of 10 or 11 years at that point without being upfront about him not pleasing you that's a pretty long time to not you know uh reveal that to someone. So I'm just, I'm trying to understand the connection between why it took that. Me as a woman, I understand it, but how do you relay that to a man? Like, why did you feel comfortable to yeah. re reveal that information at that point? I, I think one is- to have. That's a hard conversation yeah. to have with your husband to say, like, we've dated, we've had, um, relations while dating and then now we're married and even in all of that time you have never given me an orgasm that is a hard pill to swallow mm. or I don't know but I'm like why marry someone if they can't please you but okay that's just me well but, she, um, but, but one thing too is that they were high school sweet exactly. they were high school sweethearts so they were, they were young, young and, and yeah, she probably didn't even, she may not have even known mm -hmm. how to please her. Maybe she thought she was one of those women that just can't have one. Right. And so maybe, she um, maybe after her. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I can see that, especially being young, because it does take, you know, a woman has to learn her own body first. But um, to me, I, I guess it, you know, there's a certain mindset is that, you know, is this relationship really going to last if he doesn't please me? physically so uh, I, I, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> there's more to relationships <laughs> <laughs> of course 
there is. Of course there is. <laughs> but that's a very important part. <laughs> that's a very important part. Brody. So, so we got Wallace still, still commenting on we given instructions. Yes. Yes. There's nothing wrong with getting instructions. I think a lot of men like getting instructions. Like it's to, all in the know. way. It's the, yeah, it's every man, I think, had someone that taught them, right? Every man is taught or they just learn from watching porn. I don't know. But I do think that men learn from their experiences. <laughs> One would hope. And yeah, if you yeah. can't take instructions, I'm pretty sure that there's there's some faking going on. If there's like not a little hand adjustment or a body <laughs> or something or a press down right here. Yeah, or no, not no, not that. Yeah. <laughs> this. So I do have a question for the the you know some of the men um, listening. Would you be honest and upfront in telling your partner if she's not doing something to your, you, to your liking um, sexually? Are you open to giving her some um, uh, constructive guidance to it? Or are you just going to just rock with it or flow with it as long as she's doing it just because you're getting whatever you're getting from her and just hope it's going to get better? I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. And Hi, Glodo Podcast. Oh, so we have Wallace saying that, okay, and I get that, but he said at this age and point, an adjustment, yes, but not full-out instruction, and so I agree, because if you're a grown-ass man and you need a full-blown course, <laughs> then you just need to get out the game, yeah. but yeah, little adjustments here and there, tweaking here and there to yeah. tailor, customize your so service, yeah. yeah, that I think that that's fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hi, Glowed Up Podcast. <laughs> that was fun. But Jay, when you were asking my question, or your question, you kind of um, interrupted mine, so now I'm going to ask it again. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, we got a long comment. I was raised to love a woman without the physical and being happy and excited just as you were when you were in junior high school and just seeing her or seeing him gave you butterflies. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. So how long does that last, those butterflies last? Does that last, like, let's say you're 10 years into a relationship. Do you still get that? Yeah. I think you can. Can you don't think are out. <laughs> No, I, I, I think it, it, it's possible. I don't know. I think it is as long as, like, um, like you're always making sure that, um, keeping your relationship spunky and fresh and just making sure that kind of like work, right? Like if we, if we're going to work every day and we're doing the same job every day, you have to do things to excite yourself yeah. to get up in the morning or to just do your work. Like you, it's your responsibility. It's not your boss's or whatever yeah. your company's job to um, cheerlead you. It's you. I mean, they do their, they do their part of course, um, but ultimately, it's your responsibility. So I think if both people are on the same page in terms of like, you know, like, I'm going to make sure I make it a priority to, um, to, to keep you on the forefront of keeping you, I mean, keep us on the forefront, keep you happy and vice versa. But both people have to be on the same page. In most cases, I think the failure happens when both people are not the same page, um, or neither are. But if, if both are, I, I, 
I kind of don't see if it's a conscious effort. I don't see how it wouldn't happen, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you have amazing sex with someone and you kind of don't get along, like let, let's look at it the other way, and you don't get along yeah. very well with them, how long is that amazing sex going to last? I mean, it, it also relies That's on the mental, like you said. So it. skills mm -hmm. by itself don't don't cover it. Um, I think, you know... Uh, physical I appearance is important, too. Both people <laughs> have to maintain their physical appearance because if you let yourself go, that could also affect you know, um, the relationship long-term down the road, like the attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all was uh, out here selling a master class. <laughs> so selling what? I can't sell Selling master class. Selling mentor class. <laughs> master. Master class. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry, hey, Naya, I cut hey, you off sure. earlier. What were you going to say? No, it's okay. So I was saying that also in that interview, um, her name's Gia, right? She had mentioned that uh, the infidelity actually strengthened their relationship and made them stronger. And so I wanted to get you guys' perspective. Do you feel like infidelity in any form can strengthen your relationship? I think it depends on the couple and how they deal with it because is it a, a teachable moment to where they are finally open and honest with one another and if the party is willing to forgive and forget and move on maybe and and then you know maybe not I think it just really depends on the bond that the couple has and if the party was um, remorseful yeah. In, in a way and, and you know it could be sometimes you got to hit rock bottom in order to um, Build back move up yeah so I think it's possible mm -hmm. I don't know how many have done that you know but mm -hmm. yeah I'm sorry I was just gonna say yeah, um, uh, no go ahead no, I was just going to say, but I bet it's more possible when the man cheats than when the woman cheats. Because if the woman cheats, I think most men are not willing to move past that and forgive. Mm -hmm. I do believe that. Naya, what do you think about that? I don't think anything. About um, the cheating, not making relationships. No, I, um, so personally, I do. I think that it could potentially, like they said, I think that it could strengthen a relationship depending on the level of cheating because it's levels to it, right? Mm -hmm. So depending on what act is actually done and the conversation had after that, if it's like open and honest and um, a progressive conversation, like, look, laying it all on the table, this is where I'm at, completely remorseful, like Kay said, and we're able to move forward past it. Um, I can see it because sometimes those acts shows you like your blind spots in a sense. And it shows you um, just something that you have yourself, like where you're slipping up as, you know, as a, you know, wife, husband, whatever the case. Um, so I can see it because sometimes we do get comfortable in relationships. Um, so yeah. I can see a strengthening for sure. I don't, but then I can also see it ending it completely. Yeah, absolutely. Upon what actually happened. Like, you can't be out here just falling in love with other people. That's, yeah. that's something different. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so we got a few comments. Mm -hmm. uh, Glowed up podcast. I feel like any adversity you face in a relationship can strengthen 
um, if, if the parties want to do the work and move past it. Like you said, if the person who hurt the other is remorseful and want to do the work to regain the trust. Then we have another one from Bruce Leroy. Absolutely, if it brings to light unaddressed issues, correct more possible when the man cheats. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. That looks like y'all agree. Were you going to say, Joy? Bruce Leroy, you are back. Welcome back. <laughs> um, also, two things. Like, uh, number one, I think that a lot of people get going into relationships try to be uh, more of pleasers. Um, and so you think being nice or being um, agreeable or just kind of going with the flow is probably what your partner needs to build. Because, you know, you're, you're trying to build something at that point. So maybe at the beginning... I can see where a lot of pleasers probably feel like not saying anything may just keep the peace or help that person's esteem or eventually play into that person's esteem and it may get better. Um, not saying that that's the right thing. I'm just saying that just trying to understand certain people's mental. Um, so as a result, I do see a lot of pleasers kind of just avoiding those topics of discussion, just not to cause um, any like, friction in the relationship um, or to rock rock like whatever they have going on now when infidelity is introduced of course that could um, aggravate or upset at least one of the people involved obviously the person getting cheated on so that at that point it's almost kind of like well before I was trying to protect your feelings but I think now um, all you know gloves are off at this point I don't really have anything to hold back so the lesson from that is um, it may happen regardless. Like uh, sparing somebody's feelings from something like that is not, is not, doesn't necessarily prevent anything. It just means that you're, you might just be shorting yourself. So being honest from the beginning is probably the best way, especially like, you know, later stages in your life. I can expect that more from younger people because they're probably trying to, identify or understand themselves or their anatomy or their bodies a little bit better. And so you can't ask of someone what you're not certain about yourself, but um, with a little bit of experience in life, you have to kind of understand to just be able to talk about that. And not only that, but you have to be able to be able to be approachable about that kind of stuff. Um, also make it clear in your relationship or situation that um, bring it up every now and then make it a light situation. Don't make it like an interview, but just kind of lightheartedly talk about it. You'll be surprised what comes out of it. So those are just easy ways to probably approach the situation. So, um, but yeah, um, humble it. Uh, when it doesn't have to be so heavy, like that kind yeah. of conversation. I feel like it doesn't have to be heavy. Like let's sit down and talk mm -hmm. like, no, just make it lighthearted. Like, you know, like, okay, next time let's try this or don't do that again. You know, mm -hmm. it just, th there's just a way to just, if you, let's sit down and talk and you make it this big thing, then you make it seem like it's a bigger issue than what it really is. Like, it's really, you know, it's just like, okay, it's a teachable moment. We're communicating like, hey, look, you're doing a great job, but this is what I like and this is how it goes. And then- Do a good you know, job. Right, yeah. Yeah. And again, just a reminder, it has nothing to do with skills. It's simply some people have a little bit more chemistry than others. And some people have to work at it a little bit more. That's all. Um, it has not like in most cases, not all cases, in most cases, it doesn't have in some cases, it doesn't have to do with skills. So. 
Yeah. So and it's I'm like having a roommate. I'm so glad that you corrected that because I was like, sometimes it is the skills. It's a lack yeah, of skills. Sometimes, but... yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want anybody, you know, they're already like, you know, women this and women that. And no, it's mm-hmm. not just that. Sometimes right. you just don't know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, then other times it's just, you know, kind of learning about it. And chemistry is big. Like, chemistry is huge. And chemistry you can't... is orgasmic all on its own sometimes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And definitely, like, if you have one person that likes a lot of foreplay with a, someone who doesn't like foreplay, like, that, that, that there has to be adjustments made because it's going to ruin it for both parties unless they kind of come together and find a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Or if you're with Kay and you try to play R&B music. That's, right, or that's not put rose thing. petals on the bed like that. <laughs> nope. No. Not, <laughs> not going to work. It's like, you just ruined it. <laughs> Which is so weird. I feel like I can see how music can enhance it. But I guess if, you're, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But certain lyrics, you can be like, yes. You listen to lyrics? Sometimes I do, like, especially in the in foreplay, I can listen to the lyrics and be like, okay, yes, I'm in this thing. But then... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why you like 12 play so much. Okay. I did. I was like, oh, these are the instructions. What? <laughs> no, it's too distracting. I can't listen to lyrics. No. <laughs> too funny. Mm-hmm. That's have funny. to meet each other in the middle so true in the middle pun intended mm-hmm. so then another thing that we were talking about so I, we went on this tangent about um, you know fake orgasms and everything like that but our reason for coming on here was because we wanted to discuss you know there's so many different male platforms to where they're talking about you know uh what the requirements are for a woman to please a man. You have, you know, all these people that are out there. And it's like, okay, we got it. We got all the things that we need or that you expect from us. But what about the things that women need from a man? And so that is what we're going to segue into. And one of the things is we don't want to make an orgasm anymore. So we can start off with that one. but yeah so i was listening to um i saw the clip of kevin samuels of course um today where he's talking about matter of fact he compared us to um thanksgiving meals and called us leftover (laughs) (laughs) what do you say when you mean when you say us who is us Women over 35? No, he said... It wasn't that one? He said like 25 or 27 to 30. Anything over 27 is considered like leftover women if, you know, if you're not in a relationship at that time. And so he's basically saying you kind of have to lower your standards a little bit because and you should expect to share your... Share your man. Yep. Yeah. And I was like the nerve of some of these men and some of the things that they think of. I say that, but then on the flip side, I'm like, 
is there truth to that for, you know, women that are out there and dating? It should the expectation be is that you basically have to share at that time. Is it that? I think he's, I think it's full of shit. I think he's full of shit. I mean, someone 35 has to expect to share. First of all, I think he's coming from the mindset that all men want really young women, like women under 30. And not all men like women. Some men actually like a woman that he can have, uh, can relate to, have conversation with, and you all can connect and have that vibe. And so I think that he's not even speaking to those men. And there's, there's a lot of men that, that prefer women of substance than the men that just looking for looks if a man's just looking for looks okay yeah the 27 and younger that may work for them but um i just feel like he only speaks for just very immature minded men i know way too many mature men who yeah yeah a 26 year old may look good but like but i i like to have a conversation or i want to vibe with her connect with her and do things together and you know i don't know they say exactly. A lot of men like their women seasoned and mature. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, there's uh, a lot of men, but he's he's speaking for like these. Um, and it's no different than women too. I think that women would prefer a man that is more seasoned and mature and mature than a you know just a young, immature man who just looks good. Because when you look at it like that, those things are good for a moment. But when you're speaking long term and your life partner and, you know, somebody that you want to build with, those things have no value. Like, it doesn't really add much value to the person just because of your youth and, um, you know, just your appearance. It just takes so much more than that. So, yeah. Well, I think what Kevin Samuels, what he's saying is that since men are visual, men, you know, are about physical appearance. Women are about security and all of that. So yes, it is natural for a woman to want a more mature, a more seasoned man. And a man wants a woman who's young, who they can mold and train and pretty much lead and mm -hmm. not, and she won't challenge him in a way. So um I think that's, you know, that's where he's saying the difference. I don't think he would disagree that a woman would want to seize a man. But again, I just disagree that that's all that a lot of men want. Like, yeah, a woman looks good. But then when you talk to her, you know, she's young or, you, you know, she it's not. I think men who just want um, things to just be someone that they can kind of dominate and control. And I'm not saying that. Um, well, yeah, dominate and control because a woman who's more seasoned, you're not going to be able to pull the wool over her eyes or she may ask questions or all that. But OK, big Kev. OK, we got Kevin Samuels fanning here. So we have Eric, That's women in their awesome. 40s are at their prime. <laughs> OK, so Eric lived life. Women in their 40s are at their prime. And now lots of women are working out at 40 and overlooking like they're in their 20s. Yes, I agree with that. And you said it's about how a person makes you feel when you meet them. Right. So, yeah, here's, you know, it's about vibe and about connection versus, oh, you look good and you need me and you can depend on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But another thing is, so what do you think? I know, depending upon the time frame, if you were to say, um, I need someone that uh, can support me financially, 
would have been a thing for women. It would have definitely been on the list. But I think as time, you know, has passed, do you still think that a man's being overly financial is as important as it was maybe, you know, 10 years ago? Do you still think that it holds the same value? For, okay, so I feel that it depends on the woman. There are some women that just want to be taken care of and they want, you know, someone to financially support them. They may not have any ambition. I, I can only speak for myself, but me personally, I've never really been about that. Like, he can't be poor. Like, I couldn't date someone poor because I would want to do things. I want to go out to dinner. I want to take a trip. So I do want to, you know, just long as a man is financially stable I was okay with that like all the things that I want for myself I can do it for myself and so I think there's uh there's a lot of women who are like that it's like just don't be broke but you don't have to be you know making all kinds of money and be able to take you know have to spend all this money on me and getting my nails done and things like that I don't think that I think it just depends on the mindset of the woman yeah um and also the maturity level of the woman as well. But I think that does something to men too, for the simple fact that, you know, when you say that I don't need anyone to financially support me, sometimes it's, I think that some men want to be wanted in that aspect because that's what, <laughs> excuse me, that's what they're supposed to bring, or that's what they feel and they've been taught that they're supposed to bring to the table. So I feel that there are a lot of, while we talk about bruised um, egos, I think there's a lot of bruised egos out there that it's like, I don't need you here to support me financially. I want you here, but I don't need you for that portion, you know, of my life. I don't need your finances because I, you know, I'm able to take care of my own. And I do think that that is an issue for some people. Yeah. It's not feeling wanted or needed. So... I always felt that some of the men that want that need a woman to depend on him financially want to control that woman. And so I, and that, that's always been my hesitation with having a man take care of me financially because they also, ex, you know, want to control me. And I, I couldn't have, like I said, I want you to be financially stable. That's fine. If you want to do things, I'll need you for other things. Yeah. Like, you know, there's definitely things I need a man for, but you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be to take care of all my financial needs. Like, no, that's not it. Make sure that you have your own so that you don't have to depend on anybody. So I've never had that issue to where I felt stuck in a place because right. you were supporting me. I've always been in a place to where I was able to financially support myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Jay. What were you saying? No, um, I was just going to say also, and I know we briefly touched on it before, but it, it and I agree with uh, most of what you said, Kay, but I also do believe that there are a subset of women that it's not about ambition because they could be career oriented. They could have gone to school or not, but just they could still be ambitious. But um, based on their upbringing, it's just what you saw growing up. So it's just what your uh, idea of a man, what he should do for you and uh, what your role as a woman is. So you can um, be well off or you could be just fine or you could be independent enough to handle your own. But something about a man um, 
providing for you because you plan on reciprocating in your own way um, is kind of what, like, that's your love languages to each other. So um, I do believe in some cases this is just probably what you're used to or what you see or what you've seen um, or what you've experienced in your life that could be what, you know, just says, I want to cater to him. Well, I, not cater, but I want to take care of him by cooking and stuff like that. And then your role is just, you know, handle the finances if you're in that position. I don't think it works. I don't think that's the ideal situation for everyone because most people, we, you know, most people, we live in a time where it takes a two-income household for the most part if you want to live uh, a certain lifestyle. Um, that it be attainable. So that's the average person, all of us. But um, there are people that can, can, there are some women that could do it on their own that just, they don't want to. That's just what turns them on is for a man taking care of them and they have their own way of reciprocating. So um, I think there's there's that, you know, that subset of women as well. So, But I think there's something to say about that woman in a sense, to where you, like, you're looking to be taken care of. I think there's there's something there to say about somebody who needs some, not even needs, I don't need you to, but I still want you to take care of me. I just, I don't know, I don't even like how that sounds. No, I get it, but for some, you got to remember, for some, they've had that, they've had a safe experience of that. So, for instance, maybe their father figure or male figure in their life growing up provided that for them in a healthy manner. And so they've seen it and they've seen it done correctly, maybe, where both uh, mm -hmm. caregivers or both parents or whomever in that case um, done it and they modeled it correctly in front of them because it could work, right? Like it worked before in some cases is just when one or both decided to abuse it, or at least one decided to abuse it by using as it a power tool or something. But um, in some cases, they, in a lot of cases for women, you know, if, if you've seen your father or stepfather or whomever, grandfather, whoever do it, and he's, and the women in your life will well taken care of, and, you know, they've done their part, then it's modeled in front of you and you think you can duplicate yeah. it. it. It makes it harder now in a time like this, obviously, because times have changed a little. And again, back then one household incomes were a little bit more attainable, but now, you know, it's just harder, but. I guess it's more that there's some women that have that expectation and not saying that, it, cause I do think in a relationship, you both cater to one another, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to cater to you. I'm going to take care of you. And then you take care of me in whatever way you, you know, mm -hmm. that works, right. you know, and a lot of times that's financial, but the ones that it's like, you take care of me as if like you only cater to me. Yeah. I'll throw you a little something here, but like, once I'm in a relationship, I'm not supposed to pay for anything. You're supposed to pay for everything. And you have to make this amount of money. I just kind of feel like, I, I don't know. I, I think that's just, just kind of a, warp mindset in a way or old school or I, I'm not quite sure what you know how to really label it but to me it's just odd that um to think that a man's sole role is to take care of you and where I think you know and to Naya's thing earlier we were talking about you know what a woman needs like I like for a man to 
have a higher focus. I don't want me to be his main focus in life. Like I want him to be building something or, you know, having a higher purpose than me. And I, you know, me, I'm the help me, whatever. But um, I just think that some people just kind of have relationships a little skewed sometimes where they think that their partner is on their sole purpose. Their, their, the thing that they're there for is just to cater to them. I just don't agree with that. Yeah. No. Yeah, I see. Um, after Jay explained a little bit more, I get it. I, I, I get that there is that one that, that's out there. Um, yeah, I mean, just doesn't work for me, but doesn't mean that doesn't work for everybody. Right. But I do agree. And just so, first of all, I would still like for me to be a focus. But I do want you to have goals and ambitions outside of just taking care of the people that live in your home. Like, I want you um, to be, you know, in the community because those are the things that I think make me more proud because naturally you're going to be, you should be a good husband. You should be a good father. Um, you should take care of the people that are living in your home. It's what you do outside of the home impress me more right. so I do agree I think that seeing someone that's out there or just like you said just building because even if you're building um, business wise financially I think that still it leaves a mark in the community as well because there are still people that are watching so it's you're still playing your part and that that speaks volumes about amazing to me you know, like they say a lot of times um, when you hear some of those red pill um, podcasts or whatnot, they talk about, oh, you got to treat a woman like shit, ignore her. And that's when they start coming. And it's not the ignore that women like. I think women, we are naturally, or not all, but a lot of women are naturally attracted to men who are focused, who are focused on their business, who are focused on you know, the community or who are passionate about activism, whatever it is. And so it's not the fact that you're ignoring them that turns a woman on. It's the fact that you are uh, focused or you're, you, or the, the impression is that you are, you know, just serious about something, like you're focused on something. And I think that that is very attractive in a man. And so it's not the fact that, oh my God, he ignores my calls. He's an asshole. He's great. It's like, okay, he's busy. You know, like he's doing important things right now. Yeah. But it's levels to that too, because I think that is what current date we would say um, that I want you to be so busy that you can't answer me all the time. But there was a time frame, like, when, when women are younger, to where you are, I mean, I hate to say it, but sometimes we are attracted to the asshole or the person that's not giving us the I've attention. Never, that I've never No, no, I get it. I'm saying some women, not today, yeah. but there are some okay. women that are attracted to the guy that is a jerk or not responsive um, that you kind of have to chase because I think just the same way as men love the chase and the hunt of it all, there is, I feel that there is a phase in some women's life, some women minus Jay, to where they like that I don't even know if you like it. It's just like maybe it's a challenge. It's the challenge, yeah, trying to get your attention. And then it's like when you get them, 
then it's over. It's like, okay, well, I'm so much here anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And, and I think that that's what, that's what creates some of the asshole men that we have out there is that whole cat and mouse that we both do with each other. So, I think I, I have a theory that, you know, men, when they're young, like they start off kind of like, you know, like, you know, like good guys, like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to be a, you know, this good guy. And I think that's when women are at their worst because they say you're as good as your options. And so young women, men, you know, young women have all kinds of options. Like men are coming at them different angles. And I think that women, it takes a little time for a woman to get in her own and become that really good woman and by that time a lot of men have become jaded because they've been ignored by a woman or that a woman treated them badly or they treated cheated on them you know the statistic that i think i brought up one of our other episodes and saying that um women cheat more in their early 20s than men and then as men get older men cheat more and then women's cheating goes down and I think by the time men get through their 20s, they, you know, had so many bad experiences that they're just like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, like to hell with it. I'm just going to treat them the way that they treated me. And I think um, that's just because a woman just her uh, path, uh, her timeline is different than a man's. Just my, my observation. My observation. But, so what um, is the well, just real quick, I'm sorry. Oh, I, th I think mm -hmm. you hit something um, earlier, Kay, when you said that. I think I, I agree that men are, I mean, women are in mm, attracted to the chase of an ambitious man. Um, you're distracted, and it seems like if you're distracted, then the assumption is you're a go-getter and that you're um, out there. You know, it's, it's the mystery of that something is holding your attention. And for most women, um, because by nature, I think we're uh, just as jealous and just as territorial, but we just deal with it differently um, or handle it a little better. Um, and, and it's all, it's really cute. And we don't mind that chase until we find out that you're distracted by other women. And then that's yeah. when it becomes an issue because it's like, okay, so just, you know, just a reminder that it's not the, the chase or the thrill of you being, um, chasing other women or being with other women that is the turn on for the woman is just that when you're distracted to your point we're assuming you're distracted with important stuff and when we find out that you're just distracted by ass you know then it's just like <laughs> you, you you're you know it just kind of brings your your value down because it's like well you know you're just not as a you're not as focused as i thought you were because if you have all of this going on then how focused are you on the important stuff? Um, and so, yeah, it does devalue, in my opinion, a woman of value would look at something like that and be like, how much time do you have if you have all of these situations going right. on? Um, and so you do lose value with that. So I, th I think that's a really good point. Yeah, focused men or are, are appealing, yes, because we're trying to get your attention you're doing important stuff, but hey, you know, if you have any time, you're here, we're here. That's a reasonable woman. But yeah, not if you're out here just using all that time and you just want somebody to jump jump up and down and just, you know, get your attention for that moment. That's that's not cute. That's very immature. So Yeah. 
but I but and I think that I I agree with you except for um some immature women who are who are looking for that um high value man in in a sense because they want to be that one woman the number even if they may have a lot of women they want to be chosen out of all that women because for some reason it makes them feel good so I do think I agree with you mature women think that way but I think there's a lot of immature women that want to be to be picked out of the group because somehow that makes them feel like they're somehow better or have some type of status. This is true, but you you play yourself uh, ten times fold when you do that. So you know if you're willing to, oh, absolutely, <laughs> you want to you know put yourself through that type of hazing, go for it, sis. Yeah, they'll learn. Oh, they'll yeah. learn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like add all futures, baby mamas. Talk to them. I'm mm -hmm. sure they agree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not worth it. So really quickly, since um since you mentioned his name, I, did you? all see that um i don't know how relevant it is to it but since you mentioned it i'm sure it ties in somehow some way to our conversation at some point but have you all seen that clip of him um i guess speaking seriously about his plans to find a wife and i think okay so he has like 10 to 11 kids now and each one of his kids are by a different mother so you have 10 to 11 um children's mothers but he did say he made a point that if he um, when he decides to get married, he'd like to have more than one child with the uh, with that with his wife because um, the reward is that you know she gets to bear at least two of his kids or more because everyone else just has one, so that's her one up. So I just I chuckled when I heard that to myself because I was like, wow, we've re really reached a time where um, someone can feel that you're special because. Um, I'm giving you two kids versus, <laughs> versus instead one. Instead of this one. Instead of this right. one. So this is what makes you special is you get two. So you're stuck with me with two kids, not just one. And that's So he didn't laugh after he said that there was no, he was, no, he was very dead serious. serious. He was dead serious. Yeah. So when you're turning <laughs> in your application for him, just, <laughs> you know, keeping in mind. That's how low his bar has gotten. It's like, you know what? My next, the special woman, I'm just going to impregnate her twice, not just one yeah. time like my other being. Yeah. And fortunately, it's so sad because I shook my head and I said, there's going to be a very sad woman. That's because I looked at, I thought DMX was the first person that came to my mind. Like to me, he was, he had a similar situation where it's just like, you know, all of, and then really by his 14th, 15th kid or however many, it was just like, Everyone DMX does not have 15 kids. Does he? It's close. Oh, wow. his, when he passed a year ago, he was his child was two or three. His newest. And I I I read it I read it multiple times when he when he passed. I'm not sure exactly how crazy. Yeah. I can't believe anybody has it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just but, but remember his wife had I think three or four of them. Right, three or four. So, That's true. She did have a lot. Yeah. And, and um, and he's had some in, in his marriage during his marriage. Outside of his marriage, he's had some after. So, I guess you know. But I, but, but I, I do also recognize that for a lot of women, and you know, I, we have to put it out there that for them, for a lot of them, it's not love that they're after either, or a relationship, right? right. So, yeah. you know. Or it is, it could be that that's it what they're looking be. for. And it because be. I have this child, I think that I can keep you. 
But it's like time has shown us time and time again that a kid, a kid is not going to keep a man. If he doesn't want to be with you, he's not going to be with you. Yeah, like, and I, but I do believe some women are wise enough to know that, but just, you know, yeah. are, are in it for a different reason. But unfortunately, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Unfortunately, like Nick Cannon's baby mamas, they know, that's they know. Because they're yeah. very aware, like the way, at the rate he's moving and how transparent he is about it. Because his, his thing is he never put it out there that he's looking for love. He just put it out there that he's looking to have a lot of kids. And so, but I think that's what the woman has to be looking for security because now that kid with, the, with Nick Cannon is going to give you financial security. That's true. If that's what you're looking for, then that's so true. be it. For some, you're absolutely right. For some, that's but the I think it's selfish on both parts. I think it's selfish on the woman's part to be willing to have a kid. Nick Cannon, future, whoever. Uh, whoever the man is, I think that it's selfish to go ahead and have a kid after you guys have a conversation and knowing like that's not where it's gonna be. By the time you're pregnant, I mean it's a little too late. So let me not say selfish because then that comes into pro life and all that. Don't want to get into that. But I just think there's conversations and decisions that need to be made jointly because once you bring the kid here, like there's no turning back and just think of the life that you're about to give your child in a situation like that. Yeah. You know, people I think th I think those mothers are only thinking that he's going to support my child financially. And you know, that's great that they get that financial support, but he has so many kids he's so that many he's kids not going to be present he's all not the time. Everybody's Thanksgiving dinner. There's no way he can make it because you guys are all over the world. He can't make every Christmas. <laughs> you know, birthdays, okay, that's a given. Hoping that you guys don't have birthdays next to each other, but that is just crazy to me. And he has the work to keep paying all that child support, mm -hmm. so he's busy. Yeah, that's a yeah. nuts. Yeah, but I guess you know some people think the financial support is the most important part of, you know, uh, I guess what the the most important contribution a father can give. I disagree with that, but so there's a lot of people that feel that way. Yeah, um, I'll say it's selfish to have all those children and not be involved with them. Even if you can be there for them financially, kids need more than that from a parent. I totally yeah. agree. Facts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's what, because that's the response that everybody gets. If you talk about it, can, and if you talk about the future, then they're like, well, he's taking care of them financially. Okay, so you were a kid at one time. Did you need other things more than finances from your dad? Right. Like, yes, you did. There were things that you that you needed specifically from your father that your mother wasn't able to give you. And because of that, you can't respond with some asinine crap talking about, well, he's supporting them financially. So what? Mm -hmm. Right. Actually, right. that's... And they may not even know the effects. Yeah, you don't know the effects yeah. of that until later. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. most people's childhood traumas don't really affect them until later on in life. You don't see yeah. too many people when you're in your late teens or, or, or you're a young adult, you know, you have life as a distraction. You have like, you know, a lot of things going on around you. It's not really for most people. Um, it doesn't really hit you until later in life, your childhood traumas or issues or what have you. Um, 
you don't because that's when your maturity kicks in and that's when you're not really and then you know how to process things a little clearer or you can deal even with your emotions better in some cases when you're younger um you you are operating you're not in touch with your emotions and you're operating out of anger or disappointment or something you don't even know what you're operating with but i do find you know, when to look around, when you look around, and and if you do kind of look around, most people, it's when they get older is when you start yeah. kind of falling into those habits of what those triggers yeah. were when you were younger. So it, has or you find out like, wow, most people learn this from their fathers. Like, wow, I yeah. wish I had a dad to teach me. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Especially his sons. His sons are gonna be like. <laughs> What? I don't know how to catch a ball. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, what, that's, what, like that. that's what you can't I mean, you know, you know, the worst thing is to see a man man who can't catch. Like that is the no, worst no, thing to the see. The worst thing is to see a man that doesn't know how to change a tire. That's the worst uh -oh. thing. <laughs> you don't know, catch may not save your life or save a thing. If you can't change my tire then that's worse than that. <laughs> nah, I don't know. It's the visual of somebody throwing oh, something at your man and then he's like that. Like, oh, no, I can't. He got a catch. It's a visual of us being stuck on the side of the road and it's raining and we're both sitting in the car. <laughs> no, that is so true. That visual is a lot more uh, impactful <laughs> for me. I can just, we can just never go to the court together and just avoid the <laughs> basketball court but we can't avoid getting a flat tire so yeah. I don't know I don't know and I don't know I still just the visual can't <laughs> hit the ball hitting him upside his head I, mm -mm, no uh, <laughs> you got talking about you well <laughs> you know, this this was a fun topic, ladies. I appreciate it. It's always nice to be transparent and be able to talk about what our needs and wants are. And if we're all planning on being the better versions of ourselves and trying to understand each other, since there seems to be such disconnections between, um, you know, males, females, or, you know, uh, generational disconnections, whatever. Like, no, I just think, you know, these are some hard topics to talk about. And we... Um, we read a lot of things and I read so many comments on social media platforms and I, sometimes I wish I can respond back to a lot of them. So hopefully. Like Kate. <laughs> going in. I love <laughs> If you get cussed out on crucial conversations, it's <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I was just saying it, it's been a great conversation. I, I always appreciate the transparency for people. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and it's a safe space. So hopefully we could continue to talk about those type of topics without yeah. anybody's egos or feelings getting hurt. So. 
I mean, because they don't care right. about hurting her, so I really right. I don't care. Yeah, that's not even on my mind. Hurting and, and honestly, feelings. it's not about hurting feelings. I think it's the um, the honest conversation between the opposite sex to say, "Hey, these are this is how we think. This is our perspective." Because we always we can click on anything if you're yours. We can click on any comment. We're going to read what your perspective is and what you think. Uh, you know about us and how we can do things better so yeah that'll be all right love that podcast we gotta bring you on next time yeah you gotta join us so so be on the lookout we're gonna we're gonna message you but all right ladies talk to you guys later all right y'all have a good one bye-bye